Good morning. What do you believe about healing? That's the topic today. Now, two weeks ago, we asked you, what do you believe about prayer? What's your theology on prayer? And we said prayer is very, very important. And so we said the theology, theology really words about God, our knowledge of God. And doctrine, basically, uh, it's a group of instruction, teachings, and it's the handle on which you can grasp those teachings. We explain that to you. Most people believe something about God, and they believe for many reasons. They don't believe for many reasons. So we're going to pick up right where we left off, and we're in James. And for our guests, we are teaching through the book of James, and we are, we are in the last chapter, and we are on the 14th verse. So if you open your Bibles to James chapter 5, verse 14, we'll cover 14 and 15 probably today. And we're finishing up James. Is anyone among you sick? That's a question that, of course, James is asking. Those who are 12 tribes who are scattered abroad, who are dispersed abroad, is anyone of you sick? Now, he's going to give us some, some instruction here. Is there anyone sick here? And so let's go over a little bit about what he, he means when he says that. Now, sick means a, a feeble Sick means you're weak. Sick really has a implication that you uh, can't work. You're, you're, you're feeble. You're, you're, you're just uh, bedridden. You, you're home. You can't do anything. That's the implication that it gives here. And say, so if it's anyone sick like that, then he's going to give you some instruction. Of course, if you're, if you're not that sick, then, of course, you, can, you don't need this particular verse right here if you're not that sick. But... If you're sick, then call for the elders of the church. And it said call. It didn't say that the elders had to ask you, hey, do you need, you need us to come and anoint you to pray over you? It didn't say that. It said that you call. Call for the elders of the church because you is impl- uh, implied there. And the elders are those who God has put in the church to govern the church. They are the overseers of the church, and they are, uh, you find certain words for that. If you look in First Timothy chapter 3, uh, sometimes you'll see the word, sometimes it say uh, bishops, sometimes it say overseers, but they are the, the same word, episcopos. Uh, it's the same, same thing. And, and you say, well, uh, well, I want to call for the pastor of the church, not the elders. Well, the, the pastor is one of the elders. You know? um, every pastor, every senior pastor, and we have a lot of pastors in some churches, like Michael Ch- uh, Fletcher's church has about 5,000 people in it, and he has a lot of different pastors, but he's a senior pastor, but he also has elders who are just elder. That's all they do. They're elder. They don't pastor. And then he has some pastors who don't elder. You know? uh, they, just, uh, they just help him to oversee or to, to feed the, the different groups of the, of the flock. So that's what they do. So that's the difference between calling for elders. So don't just call for, don't, don't expect me to come somewhere and, and leave the elders out because that's not, that's not what I'm going to do. We will call for the elders of the church. And I'm just one of, one of the elders. I'm the head elder, but I'm still one of the elders. So call for the elders of the church and... They are to pray over him or that person. As they pray over him, he also says to anoint him. We went over, the, over, over prayer, what that means last week. Then we said they are to anoint him with oil. Now that, that's one of, the, um, one of the, the things that as you look in the Old Testament, uh, anointing with oil, they anointed Aaron and, and they anointed different ones when they lay hands on them. Sometimes they anoint them. Uh, they anoint with uh, oil to pray over them a lot of times. But this particular type of anointing they are talking about is not what some of the Jews did. Because some of the Jews, they, they rubbed oil over the person, all over the person. Some, sometimes they poured, poured oil on the head. Sometimes they poured it on the feet. 
Uh, so we're not going to do that if, we, if you call for us. Uh, we don't want you to say, well, I'm not going to call for them because they're going to rub me with oil. They're going to put oil on my head. No, we're not going to do that because we know some of you uh, don't want oil in your hair. You know? We know that. Now, if you are of certain type, some of you who are a different type, you put oil in your hair, which is okay. You know? It depends on what, <laughs> what your ethnic background is, you know, what you do. Okay? But we're going to just use the oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we will uh, put oil on you. And usually we just put a cross on your forehead uh, just to uh, call upon the Holy Spirit to let him know it's his healing. It's not, it's not us. It's not uh, what they are saying here. Don't ever believe that, that the, the person who is coming to pray for you is the person that uh, is God. It's not. Person not God. I can do nothing, nor any elder can do anything, nor can anybody else on TV or anybody else that you heard of on CD or anything else, if they have a healing ministry, if they tell you they are the healer, then don't go. Okay? Don't go. Because there's only one healer. healer only one. And we are not, none of us are it. <laughs> or him. We're not. It was just as simple as that. Okay? All we are do, we are our vessels uh, that the master can use to bring forth his will. So we call for the elders of the church. We anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And that's with his authority, with his power. We call upon the Lord Jesus Christ because it's his blood that was shed uh, for all of our sins. And matter of fact, it says that in, in throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, healing is only present because of God. And what he has done, Jesus Christ has done. Then it says, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And that's interesting. So, but I don't want you either, either to say, well, ha ha. Elder Sam, Elder John, they pray for me. And guess what? They must not have had enough faith because I didn't get healed. Yeah. You know, that is what people say sometimes. And then sometimes the man or woman who's praying for you said, well, you know, I, 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 I did all I could do, but your faith is not strong enough. You see? All these things you've heard before, and that is not good. It's not scriptural. Okay? Now, now, sure, we have to pray the prayer of faith over you. And it says the, the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the elder will raise him up. What does it say? The Lord will raise him up. See, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. So what do you believe about healing? Because that's very important. What do you believe about healing? Because if you believe something that's theologically wrong, you could jeopardize your life, the life of your, your family, your loved ones, because you don't believe in healing. Or you believe that it has to be some person who um, you have to send money to or you have to, you know, so you can get a, a prayer cloth and, and put it over your person and all those type of things. You have, it's all sorts of beliefs out there. And it's not good. It's not good at all. What do you believe about healing? Let's look at Mark 12, 13. Mark 6, I'm sorry, 12 and 13. Now, when Jesus was talking to the disciples and he sent them out, he said, they went out and preached that men should repent. And they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. This is not Jesus. This is not some person that Jesus designated, say, okay, you're the one. You're the one that everybody has to come to to be healed. It's his disciples. And so this is the ones that he sent out. In twos. 
Exodus chapter 15. Jehovah Rophi is one of the names and, and, and uh, have two different pronunciations there. Rapha is the name for healing. It says, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. That's what God says. The Father says that. Who's the healer? It's God. He's the healer. He is the healer. No one else. Jehovah. He's the healer. Jesus healed people when he walked the earth. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. When Jesus had come to Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in the bed with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and waited on him. That's awesome, isn't it? We, we want to be able to do that, don't we? We want God to be able to move through us to do those type of things when somebody is sick, to do that. And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and they healed all who were sick. That's what they did. Healed all who were sick. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Because Isaiah the prophet said some things. That he himself took out infirmities and he bare our diseases. That's what Isaiah said. So Jesus really confirmed what the Old Testament says. And when Jesus confirms something, that tells me that it is valid. What they said in the Old Testament is valid now. He confirmed it. That's what he did. So if you have some theology that says that healing is not for today, that was only when the, uh, during the first part of, of, of the church, when they had to uh, show signs of Jesus' resurrection. But we don't need that now because the canon has come, and we have the, the full canon. We have the Bible, in other words. We don't need those miracles now. You are deceived. Okay. Now, I have a commentary at, at home that, that I, I look at, and it'll tell me that. I have many commentaries. I like to see different views. That commentary is a commentary that, that uh, if you believe it, and I mean, he's a, he's a great theologian, this person. He's right on on a lot of things, but on that, if you believe that, then you're not going to pray for your wife, you're not going to pray for your children, you're not going to pray. There's no need to pray. Because God doesn't do that anymore. So they say. I say that if he cast out demons, unless he, unless he put, all, put Satan and all the demons in chains, and there's no more Satan, there's no more devil, there's no more demons, there's no more unclean spirits, then that means that we don't have to worry about it then. But I know, and you know, there are people who have unclean spirits. You know, there, there are spirits out here. Uh, because you can, you can you, um, uh, come on now, you know that. You know there are spirits in this world because they, they are affecting the world and they are causing, uh, trying to cause the world to go away from God, you know, basically. We need what Jesus did then. We need it done now. We need it. Are you in agreement with that? I hope you are. I don't want to take it for granted. Then Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, which Matthew was quoting from, it says that surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we're healed. That's what it says. Now, how much of the Bible do you believe? 
I didn't hear you. Okay, just want to make sure. Okay. When it says by his stripes you are healed, then you need to look up that word to find out what does that mean. Does it mean just, oh, it means just you're saved. It really doesn't mean physical healing. It means that you're, you're saved. So salvation is for us today, but just healing is not for us today. What do you believe about healing? Well, that word, Rachel, the basic idea of that word is restoring something to its original wholeness regardless of what it is. It can be a wall that's split, and if it's put back together, they said the wall was healed. That you can, it can be a vessel. It can be water. When, um, when the prophet threw a stick in there and the water, became, well, which was bitter, became sweet, were able to be drink, they said the water was healed. Okay? All these are words that, that are used and examples is used for healing. But generally, in this particular verse, uh, it means that the Lord heals everything that's out of his divine order. He puts it back into divine order when it's healed. Okay, that's, that's what it means. So it can be if you have a broken heart, can God mend the broken heart? It says so in Psalm 1, uh, 147, it does. Can he, can he restore relationships that's out of whack? Can he restore broken relationships? Absolutely. That's healing. He can heal relationships. That's still healing, Sam. Most people don't look at that as healings, but that, that is, is just as much as a healing as your physical healing. Can he heal somebody who's, who's mentally off? Absolutely. And some people would rather be physically, you know, uh, not well than mentally not well. If you're mentally not well, you can't do nothing, Harley. You know, there are plenty of people in places that are locked up because they're mentally off. Nothing wrong with them physically, per se. They don't have the right mind. God can heal them. God can heal anything. He can give you peace. He can give you comfort. <laughs> he, can, he, can, he can forgive sins. He can revive you. He is the healer. Can he... Can he bring a wayward person back to him? Absolutely. The prodigal son. The prodigal son, you know, came back. He came to his senses. He didn't come to his senses because he was so smart. If he was so smart, he would have never gone out. You see, God is is at work. You see, God is at work in in these things. One of the um, ministers in New York uh, that was... They have a, a great prayer service, and he had a daughter that was wayward, just off in the drugs, different things like that. And uh, one during a prayer meeting, one of the members got, uh, hey, we need to lift up your daughter. And he said, well, okay, fine. You know, you know obviously they know they've been lifting up at some other time, but we, we need to really pray seriously for her. And they started praying. They were, they were going into a heavy intercession. And do you know that girl came back home came back to the Lord and started serving God. Yeah? Prayer works. God can heal. You know? he, can, he, he, can, he can deliver. He really can. You have to believe these things because if you don't believe these things, what will happen is that you're going to miss out on a lot of things. And uh, Laura has a testimony of uh, something that happened, I think, to your mother. My mother went into the hospital two weeks, tomorrow will be two weeks, and um, she had an infection in her body. It was from a series of events that basically because of respiratory disease. Um, anyway, as a result of the infection, her heart went into AFib. Some of you people might know what that means. It, it means it's out of normal rhythm, and her pulses were getting up to 170 and a continued 170 pulse will eventually kill you. And they had her in ICU for a little while, and they put her on the cardiac floor. Well, they said on last week, or this past week, that she would have to have a procedure done um, where they 
they go through her throat and look at her heart to make sure there were no blood clots, and then they would do what's called a cardioversion, and that's where they shock your heart. They kind of stop it, restart it, and get it going in a normal rhythm. And they've been giving her medication to try to do this, and none of that was working. And um, a lot of people have been praying, put her on the prayer chain. We've been praying, and Brian and Becky came over, and um, the infection is in her leg, and Brian had prayed for her leg, and her leg started healing significantly that very next day. But her heart was still in AFib. Well, um, Monday, was it Monday or Tuesday, she went for the procedure, and they came up to get her, and she was really nervous about it, you know, thinking that they're going to stop your heart and restart it. It's kind of scary. And anyway, they took her down and um, got her down, hooked her up to all the heart monitors, and they said, Miss Stillwell, your heart is in normal sinus rhythm. It's not in AFib anymore. <laughs> so she didn't have to have the procedure done. And I called Becky immediately because I knew they were praying. And she said that Brian, when he prayed, he said, Lord, let him hook her up to that thing one more time before they do that procedure and see that it's in normal heart rhythm. So God is faithful. He's a healer. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, isn't it great that uh, we believe in healing today? Because if, if, if Laura didn't believe in healing, she should have, surely wouldn't have called for, the, uh, for people to pray. There wouldn't have been no need, you know. This just depend upon the doctors. And there's nothing wrong with doctors, uh, but we don't believe that that's, that's, that's all that, that it is. Uh, you know, God has more than than doctors for us. He has doctors, but he has more than doctors for us. So I'm excited about, about that. 1 Peter 2.24 is again in the New Testament, but it's still quoting from the Old Testament. It says, He, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we've been dead to sin should live to righteous by his stripes. We are healed. So healing is there. Let's look at Matthew 15.21. We're just trying to give you the word of God because, as Minerva said, that you, you have to move from head knowledge to where you really actually believe this. It's, it's, it's in your DNA. You believe this. Verse 21. And Jesus sent away, went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sodom. And a Canaanite woman from the region of from, the, from that region came out to, and began to crowd, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruel and demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now suppose the Lord tell us that. What we what we say? Yes, Lord. Okay, I understand. Listen, what she did. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, "Lord, help me." And he answered and said, "It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs." Now. If you weren't mad, surely you would be mad now, you know. Dogs were not nice little puppy dogs back then, you know. Dogs, when somebody called you a dog, you, you, that, was, that was a pretty degrading. But she said, see, she didn't get offended, see. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. In other words, this lady... She is calling on the mercy of God, the mercy of the, of the son of David, because she knows that he is a merciful king. And what did the Lord say? Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. 
Do we have that same tenacity? You will not have it if you don't believe that healing is for you today. You won't have that tenacity because you'll give up. When things look bad, when people tell you bad news, the doctor can't tell you any worse news than Jesus just told that lady. When she said, hey, look, I was sent to the, to the house of Israel, the lost sheep. I was sent to them. I was not sent to the Canaanites, the idolatrous people. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, it's not for you. Healing is the children's bread. You can't get no more worse than that. This is, this is the Lord. This is Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the son of David. Tell her that. And sometimes the doctor will tell you something and you believe it. And, and what does he know or she know? Only what she has learned or he learned in medical school. That's all. And I believe that Christ is greater than in the medical school. So that means to me that if she can persevere, if she can be tenacious on, on going after something she wants for her daughter, it wasn't even for her, it's for her daughter, how much more should we be going after our Lord and Savior when he has died for us, when he has rose again, when he's seated at the right hand, when he's as a father, when he's ever interceding for our behalf, how much more so should we be tenacious about our healing in any area, in any area? I don't care what that area is, whether it's relationships, whether it's anything. I don't care what it is. You can call upon the Lord, and he can do it. But you have to have some type of belief that's going to uh, sustain and substantiate that. Now, Jesus can heal. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. They believe in a God. They know that he can heal. But does he will to heal you? That's different, isn't it? That's a whole different story. Oh, he can, but will he? Let's look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and bowed down, saying to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing. That's a normal, that's a normal statement, isn't it? If you're willing, Lord, you know, heal me. Heal a relationship between my child and his father. Heal the relationship between my mate and myself. Heal the relationship between my employee and me. God, if you will, will you do that? What are we expecting him to say when you ask a question like that? You know? Are you expecting him to say, well, I want you to be, but it's not my will for this to happen. So therefore, you know, it's not going to happen. So you need to go away and suffer. Are you expecting that? And verse 3, and he stretched forth, who's the he? Jesus. And he stretched forth, stretched out his hand, and touched him, saying, I am willing. When I read that, I said, that, 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 that really closes the book. That really sells it. He is willing. If he's willing to heal this leper, why would, he, why would not he heal you or me when we are children of the Most High God, when we have already been adopted into the family of God, when we are already now part of the body of Christ, why wouldn't he heal us? He said, well, he just might not want to. You know, everybody doesn't get healed. Sometimes we let our experience 
get in the way of the word of God. It could be positive experience. It could be negative experience. Experiences supposed to validate the word of God. You know, in other words, when I say validate, it means it agrees with it. In other words, if you have an experience that is against the word of God, that experience is not of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you have an experience that, that tells you that, oh, I got healed, then that tells you that the word of God is just a confirmation. In other words, the word of God is true. But if you don't get healed, don't say, well, God doesn't heal because, hey, sister so-and-so, he didn't heal. Oh, Billy Bob, he didn't heal him. And he was a great man of God, you know. He, he was a great evangelist. He, he, he did great things for, for God. He didn't heal him. So, therefore, I don't believe that God heals, you know, everyone like he said. I don't know why. I, I asked the question, well, why did Jesus, why did Jesus heal all who were sick? Why did he, when they brought many who were possessed with devils, Matthew 8, 16, 17, many who were possessed by devils and unclean spirits, and he, and he cast them out and healed all who were sick. Why did he do that? Why did he say this was, this was to confirm what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet? Why would he even say that if he's not going to do anything? He should have said, he should have said basically, hey, I'm just showing you that what I can do, what's going to happen when you get to heaven. You know, while you're on earth, it probably won't happen, so don't get your hopes up high. And then we can read it in the Bible and we can say, okay, I can understand that. I can accept that. I haven't found it in my Bible. Have you found it in yours? Well, if we haven't found it, then why are we going to have a theology then, some type of belief system that, hey, you know, he might. I don't know. But he says that I am willing be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I like that. Don't you like that? When God just does something like that, ooh, it's good. Mark 8, 22 through 26. It says, And they came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and entreated him to touch him. And taking a blind man by the hand, he brought him out of the village, and after spitting on his eyes, I see the elders are getting some wisdom here. They go, they, they, that, you know, and laying hands upon him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men, for I am seeing them like trees walking about. Then again he laid his hands upon his eyes, and he looked intently and was restored and began to see everything clearly. And he sent him home and said, do not enter the village. Now, if Jesus is going to pray for somebody twice, why are you concerned about how many times you get prayed for? You know? Sometimes we, we, we say, well, I'm not going up again. They already paid for me one time. It must not be for me. Now, you, obviously you know that Jesus didn't have to put this here. Obviously you know there's more that Jesus did than could be put in books. So that means that, that he put this here for a reason. I wonder why he put it there. I wonder why that happened. Did he not have power enough to heal this man for he could, be, he could really see clearly at first? Why did, why did this happen then? You see, I like, I like to take things like that. I say, well, okay, now if he, if Jesus now could pray and had to pray twice for this man to see, you know, clearly, that means that if I get prayed, you know, 2,000 times, it's okay. It's still okay because on that 2001, I might be healed. You know? Does it matter? Does it matter to you whether you get healed the first time or the third time or the fifth time? What does it matter? If, if, if you need healing, you know, let's just get prayed for. You should have a theology. You should now. That's what you should have. You don't have to have it, but you should have a theology that, that really, that you believe there's the Lord's will to heal every single person that you pray for. 
You should have a theology that says that. That's what you should believe in your, your mind. Now, obviously, you got sense enough to know that everybody doesn't get healed. Is that correct? Because we know that in the Bible, everybody didn't get healed. But in order for you to, to pray the way you should and to have faith in God the way you should, because he's already told us in the first chapter of James that, you know, if you have any questions, need any wisdom, you should ask him. And he gives liberally and upbraideth not. And he also said that, but you must pray in faith. Nothing doubting. Well, then, if, if you already have some doubts in you, you already know that this thing might not be answered. So I'd rather to have a, have a theologist say that, you know, everybody I pray for is going to get healed. What's your theology on salvation? If somebody came to you and said, well, can I get saved? Can I get saved? If, if, if you know, will, will God save me? I, I, I've been real bad. And I've done so many terrible things. You think God will save me? Well, you say, well, he can, but I don't know whether his will or not. Would you say that? No. Well, why in the world would you say that for healing? And it's the same scripture. By his stripes you're healed. I mean, it's the same thing. Salvation and healing is still deliverance. From out of the power of darkness to the transcendence to the kingdom of his dear son. It's still the same thing. Same scripture. You see, it's what we believe about healing and what our experiences are, you see. I know for a fact that every single person that you pray for don't get saved. I, I know that. I know that. Because, and that was the same thing about me, because, you know, some people just say the words just to get you off their case. Some people do. Some people... They might say the word, but they don't believe in their heart. Well, they're not going to be saved. Because you got to not only confess with your mouth, but you got to believe in your heart. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't, his will is not to heal or to save, is it? I'm trying to help us today now. Look at 1 Timothy. Let me ask you, does everybody get saved? Is everybody going to get saved? Is everybody going to be in heaven? Nobody going to be in hell, period, except demons. Huh? That's not even scripture, is it? What is a stand believer? Stands a reason that everybody's not going to get healed then. Yeah. On this, in this life. This life. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 4. I exhort, therefore, first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks we made for all men, for kings and all those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of the Lord, our God, our Savior, who will have some men to be saved. What do you think? All men to be saved. That's what it says. Who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. That's scripture, isn't it? Why does not everybody get saved then? Does that stop you from uh, leading, leading your children to the Lord? Does it stop you from uh, praying for your co-workers? Does it stop you from, from praying for people and trying to lead them to the Lord? Does that stop you? But you know everybody doesn't get saved. Yeah, but it's his, it's his desire that everybody gets saved, isn't it? Why do you still try to lead people to the Lord then? If you know everybody's not going to get saved. Matter of fact, <laughs> he said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, he said, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many of those who enter by it. And the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. You have scripture that says, is everybody not going to go get eternal life? Why do you bother praying for people's salvation? Huh? I mean, I'm just asking you a question. Because of the scripture says that his desire is for what? All to be saved. Also, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay? Right? Make disciples. Tell them all things he's told us. So it's enough scripture that says that we're supposed to do this thing even though 
Everybody's not going to get saved. We just don't know who, who, who's not going to get saved. It's not our business, is it? It's our business to do what he said do. Shouldn't that be the same way that we should feel about healing? That I don't care what our experiences are, we know that he wants to heal people. We know that Jesus did that. We know it's in his word. If Jesus did it and it's in his word, then I don't care what our experiences say, we're going to pray for every single person that's sick. If somebody said, you know, oh, I got migraine headache. Oh, let me have hands on you. Hey, she has a, a migraine headache. Everybody said, hey, let me pray for you. We should be doing that. Sometimes we say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I know how you feel. You know, maybe you should go home and lay down. I know, I know I've had them before. Come on. I don't care what they have. They have a fever blister. They can have red eye. They can have, you know, I don't care what they have. Pray for them. Pray for them. And expect them to be healed. That's what you got to do. That's what your theologist should be. If it's not, I believe that we're going we're gonna to fall short of what God has for us to do. And I feel that we're going to be missing things. Miss um, Hollow, where's Miss Hollow? Miss Hollow gave me a video one time, and it was about a person who started the Vineyard Movement. What was his name? John Wimber. Thank you, Miss Hollow. And um, John Wimber, he was saying on the video, you know, when he first grabbed hold of this thing, he said, you know what, I'm going to start doing this in the, in the church. And he started praying for people, and everybody know John Wimber before he, he died. He, he did die, right? Yeah, okay. Before he died. That he had, I mean, it's a vineyard movement, you know. I mean, they, they, they had healings take place there. But it was a price to pay for those healings. You see, he would, he would pray for people and pray for people and pray for people and pray for people. He had a prayer team, pray for people. Pray for, nobody got healed. Nobody. People started leaving the church. Because they said, man, you know, you, you, why you keep praying for people, man? You're spending time praying for people and praying for people and, and, and expecting people to get healed, man. I'm going somewhere where, they, you know, they know that God can, but he just might not. This, not, this might not be his will to heal, heal this person. So let's don't spend our time doing that, you know. He said he will have, they had a stage. He said he'll, he'll get behind the curtain, you know, how, how the old school stages are. They have curtains, you know, because they did plays. They, they will pray for people behind the curtain so because he knew nobody was going to get healed. Because nobody was getting healed. But he said, I'm going to keep doing it. And then one time, uh, one, of his, uh, one of his members said, hey, my, my wife just got a job, and she got an interview. She has an interview this morning, and she's sick. Will you come and pray for her? And he said, oh, God. Okay, I'll come pray for her. I'll come pray for her. And he came, he went to pray for her. And the man welcomed me and said, hey, thank you. Thank you for coming to, to pray for her because we, we got to have this. We, got, we need the money and have the job. And she was sick in the bed. And he went in the bedroom, and you know she had to be sick. Any woman let you in the bedroom, you know, <laughs> when they look like they look, you know, when they're in the bed sick, you know, no makeup, no nothing, you know, they're sick, you know, they're sick. And so he, 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 he prayed for her. I told you this before. He prayed for her. And then turned to the man and said, you know, God, um, sometimes he, he heals, sometimes he, he doesn't, you know. And, and the man wasn't even paying attention to him. He was looking past him and looking at his wife. His wife was getting up, putting on a robe, man, and just smiling. And, and she went on and got, got out of business. And he, and he looked around, and he was surprised that she got healed because his experience said that nobody got healed. He'd been praying for hundreds of people, nobody got healed. And that started him then believing more tenaciously. He said, he said he, he went out, well, you know, God did it, you know. And he was acting all sophisticated and everything. He walked out, and he, he got in the yard. He said, yes, glory, hallelujah, you know. Finally, one person got healed. One person got healed. But do you know that it just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. One little trickle, it just kept coming. But it, it elevated his belief level to such that, that God answers prayer, so then I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep praying. we got to do that. We can't get discouraged, okay? Because I'm going to tell you, when, when God uses you in the workplace, when you start praying for people, who do you think, who do you think that uh, 
Lord's going to call next time somebody gets sick. She will, if, if Brian not afraid to come lay hands on, on a mother and, and then she got better the next day, her leg got better, do you think, she going to say, well, I think I'll call, you know, this person right here. They don't believe in healing, you know, much, you know, they, you know. No, they're going to call somebody who, who believe in this thing, you know. You want people in your workplaces, you know, when they said, look, um, I think I'm going to go home a uh, partial day because, you know, I just, I just feel so bad. You know, I think I'm coming down with something, you know. And you said, well, let me, let me just uh, say a word of prayer for you, and then you can go on home if, if, if you still feel bad. Well, okay. And you pray for them, and they get well. They don't go home. That's, that's, that word is going to travel around. After a while, people will be calling for you every time they get sick. Now, that, that's what's supposed to be happening with the church of the living God. Healings are really... It, how many healings do you think God did in the, in, in the synagogue? You know, the lady that was bent over double, he healed her. It was on the Sabbath day. And, and it was a, you know, demonic thing. Uh, but most of his healings took place outside the church. And see, we have to start having some... They all say, hey, man, I'm looking for somebody to pray for. You know, God's going to have to move because he says so. You have, you have a people around you that need what you have. And I know you say, well, on my workplace, uh, we can't, uh, you know, say the name of Jesus, you know. We got to say happy holidays. We can't say, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, you know. We, we, we just can't pray for people. You'd be surprised what you'll get away with if, if God is for you, you know. Because if a person, you, say, you just have to, hey, um, I'd like to say, say a word of prayer for you. Can I pray for you? Oh, sure, you can pray for me, you know. Most people tell you. They don't expect you to, to pray for them right then. They just expect for you to pray for them, you know, uh, as you go, you know. But you say, let me pray right now, you know. Well, uh, let me, God, in the name of Jesus, heal her. And that's it. That's all you have to say. You don't have to say no long, oh, thou, oh, God, you know. You don't have to be all this old stuff, you know. Just pray for healing for the person. No telling what might happen. What do you have to lose? What do you have to gain? Everything. We'll continue with this next week. Father, we just thank you, Father, for, this, for your word, Lord. It's so good, Lord. Father, we want to experience what you say is for us, Lord. But as Minerva said, it must move from our head to where, Father, we believe what is in us. We believe that this word is really true, Lord. And as we believe that, Lord, and start acting on it, and we have, it's not about us, Lord. It's not about anything that we can do. It's about what you can do through us. Father, we know that we don't have to be all that to be used because nobody will be used. Father, we know that people are used in foreign countries the same people that are right here in this country, nothing seemed to happen when they pray for people, but they can go on a mission field for a week and they come back with a testimony of how people got healed when they prayed for them. Father, we want that to be happening here in our workplaces, with our relatives, with our, the holidays that's coming up, the Christmas season. We want that to happen, Lord. We want it to happen to the body of Christ. Father, we're asking you to use us. We're going to have a theology in this church that believes that you want to save every single person. Because you say so in your word. That's the only reason we're saying it, because you say so in your word in, in Timothy. We also want to believe, Lord, that everybody we pray for, you want to heal. Because we saw our Lord and Savior did that. And he's the one who said this was to confirm what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. That he himself, speaking of Jesus Christ, took our infirmities and bull our diseases. Let me have the worship team come up.
I'm not a worship team, but the prayer team. If there's anyone here, stand to your feet, please. If there's anyone here that need healing of the relationship between you and God, because it was severed by Adam, and if you have not asked for forgiveness of your sins, if you have not confessed Jesus Christ as the only way in truth, then that relationship is still severed. That's what we call salvation. But that's, it needs healing, that relationship. If you have any part of your body, any part of your mind, any relationship that needs healing, we want you to come today and expect God to meet you. God to meet you. These people that's up here, they are not holier than thou. They're just vessels that want to be used. Meet for the master's use. That's all they want to be. Would you come and get prayed for? You said, well, I'm, I'm ashamed because, you know, I have to tell them what's wrong with me, you know. <laughs> it's better to, to put pride away and walk in humility than to walk around from this place, walk from this place still the same way as you came in. And I know there are many people who need a touch from the God. Will you get a touch? We expect it. We expect it. We expect it to happen today. Do you expect it to happen today? Be standing with the people that's coming up also. Be standing in agreement with them. Because they are, they are serious. They are serious. We're going to dismiss the service. And, but they, they're going to stay here. And you can come up afterwards. That's fine.